Omo 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 What's up everyone? It's Peter Kim, your host. I'm doing a rare solo episode today because Unji is on vacation with her family and she forgot to bring her um recording stuff. So um, she apologizes. She wished she was here. We were going to talk about um, my Molly weekend, which I'll go right into. But um, uh, I just want to say thanks for listening. Thanks for coming back. I know sometimes we can be in, in you know, inconsistent. Uh, that's just us being fucking forty and and not uh, understanding how to how to keep up with this kind of stuff but we're doing our best we really are and we try our best to never um skip a week you know obviously and that's why uh, i'm doing a solo app today so here we go it's time for kick-ass koreans now this is the section of the show where we shout out our favorite amazing cool kick-ass koreans who are doing awesome stuff in the world around us and today's um today's kick-ass korean is a chef named esther Choi. yeah uh esther Choi is um a native of new york now she spends most of her time in new york although she is by coastal um her uh, restaurants, the Mok Bar, M O K B A R, um, has been a, a, an astounding, um, a delight in the New York City culinary scene. Um, she, her kimchi ramyun is uh, to die for, and um, she also ships on Gold Belly. So, like, she's really out here doing the damn thing. Now, a little bit about Esther Choi. She was born in South Korea. She came to America. And um, she she has been a chef for a very long time, and she grew up watching um, the original Iron Chef, the Japanese Iron Chef. We all remember those, right? Um, Kitchen Stadium, all of that. And, but now Netflix has a new uh, Iron Chef, and um, it's called Quest for Iron Chef: colon, Quest for an Iron Legend. And our kick-ass Korean. Esther Choi, Chef Choi, was uh, a, a part of this competition. She was in one of the episodes, the tailgate episode, and um, she made some delicious, delicious dishes, um, all like surrounding uh, the theme of kimchi. She loves kimchi, obviously. We all love kimchi. She made some kaibi um, dish, short rib di- dish that was perfect for tailgating. Um, she really had like an epic journey on Iron Chef, and um, she was going against Jeff, uh, Iron Chef Marcus Samuelson, who you probably know from the Top Chef series. Um, she did get beat by Marcus, but she had uh, an amazing bout, and um, the judges were praising her for it, uh, for her meal, and it just looks so delicious. And I, I just really am so, I guess there's a part of me that is a little jealous, because I always wanted to be a chef. I, 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 you know, I cook a lot. I love to cook. I love watching cooking programs, competitions, all of it. You name it. I grew up watching uh, Rachel Ray in the afternoons after school. <laughs> that was my like after school thing. Most kids would come home and watch, you know, Pokemon or Digimon or whatever was on. But nope, I was on the Food Channel watching Rachel Ray. Um, you know, show me how to make her thirty minute meals. 
you know, or $40 a day. I used to love those shows. Guys, I really wish I I had a cooking show, like a food show, travel show, or something like that. That's like my dream. Um, but anyway, Esther Choi, um, she grew up in the Egg Harbor Township High School in New Jersey. And, um, you know, she went to the uh, to the culinary school in New York. Uh, I, guess, I think the Institute of Culinary Education. And um, she just started working. And, uh, you know, she, she graduated from Rutgers. And she found, you know, that she wasn't going to go the, the mainstream Korean path, the Korean-American path. And, and that led her to the restaurant kitchens. And now she's, you know, in globally known, you know, Netflix is globally known chef that's co- competing on, um, on, on Iron Chef and Netflix. So uh, I think she's so cool, so kick-ass. She was named Zagat 30 Under 30 in 2015. And um, yeah, I, I wish I was in New York or New Jersey so I could go check out the Mukbar um, restaurant. There's one in Chelsea Market that looks so good. But anyway, uh, congrats to Chef Esther Choi. She can be followed on at Choi Bites on Instagram. All right, we're going to skip the break because this is a solo show and um, just keep it right moving. I hope you guys are having a great summer so far. It's August 1st. It's hot as fuck in L.A., um, so I had to get out of town. Me and my close friends, um, we went to Joshua Tree. We got a, you know, a big house there. And um, we decided to stay a couple of nights. And <laughs> for the first time in five years for me, um, decided to do Molly. And <laughs> let me tell you, doing Molly as a 40-year-old is so different than when I used to do it back in Chicago or wherever. Because, you know, back then I, I just wanted to lose myself in the party. I just wanted to be fucked up teeth grinding, giving hand massages to strangers and just like riding the groove and the beat and at the club. And, you know, it was, it was such a party drug, but, you know, Eric and I have been watching the series again on Netflix called, um, changing your mind, Michael Pollan's series based on uh, his book with the same title. And, uh, Eric was a big fan of Michael Pollan's. He read, uh, he read the book and he's been telling me a lot about it. I'm obviously, um, very interested in psychedelics in a spiritual sense. Um, so anyway, I, I bring that up because one of the episodes is MDMA, and I hadn't I hadn't ingested MDMA in a long time. Um, so I was a little nervous. I was I was nervous that like I I wouldn't like like the speediness of it. Like because for those of you who've never done MDMA or um, or ecstasy or Molly before. Um, you know, a, a part of it is the like the amphetamines. You know, the methy part where you're like, it's like speed, almost like coke. Like you're up, you're you're energized, um, you're open, you're ready for anything. You want to talk, um, and then the other part of it uh, is the um, is the part where you know your serotonin is flush, so you're feeling euphoric, you're feeling grateful and lovey and, and all of that stuff. So like I was ready for that latter part, the lovey-dovey part, 
that, that makes you look real stupid on Molly. Like, oh my God, I love you. Oh my God, you're so great. I can't believe we're friends. I, you, you, you mean so much to me. And oh God, your face, your skin. Let me touch your skin. You know, like <laughs> you do sound and look really stupid. But I was ready for that because it's been a long time. Um, but turns out that because I'm on Effexor, um, an antidepressant, it didn't really hit me. And when I say it didn't really hit me, it didn't hit me at all. And I had heard of some um, SSRIs kind of like uh, reacting badly with Molly. not Or not reacting badly, but just not reacting at all. Um, but, I, I, you know, the last time I did it, I wasn't on uh, antidepressants. I, I was not this far down my mental health journey or self-care journey. So... I was really just barebacking Molly and going full full throttle <laughs> and having a great time. Um, but this this weekend, I um, it just wouldn't break through that Molly. Like there was a part of me that felt um, like energetic. And we were, by the way, playing Beyonce the entire time, her album. I've listened to the full album maybe six times now. And like every time I listen to it, it gets better and better. Um Anyway, my my favorites, by just in case there's some you know Beyonce fans out there, I hope there are. Um, my favorite tracks are Alien Superstar, Thick, Pure Honey, Church Girl. Um, let's see. Yeah, I think those are my favorites. But uh, yeah, it, we, you know we were listening to great music and the energy was up, but I I almost felt my drugs, my my antidepressant drugs working too well it was like i could tell that the molly wanted to flush my brain with serotonin but the my my effectser in my body just wouldn't let it and and one of my friends is not by the way we went with with six people five out of six of us are on antidepressants so (laughs) the only one that's not was like yes i'm feeling it oh the mood the groove the mood yes i love everyone and just kind of like you know you could see him grinding his teeth a little bit and i swear to god like i started grinding my teeth just to see if that will like trigger um <laughs> the feeling of Molly or something like it would it would like on set or something but it just wouldn't and I kept smoking weed and like drinking a little bit to try to like up it and like push that drug through um but I I gotta say I I'm I'm sad to report that I, I wasn't I, I wasn't rolling and it, it was a little upsetting because I had I guess I had so much anticipation built up for this weekend and you know between you and me low-key i it's been a while since i've had penetrative sex with eric and it it, a lot of it also has to do with affects her and how like it's keeping me even keeled and and great and less anxious but i'm also not like horny i'm not like uh, you know, I used to go on Grinder and see hot guys and want to like meet up with them or like at least like get them to send me a picture. Like I have none of that now. I don't want to see anyone's dick, anyone's anything, pussy hole, nothing. Like I just want you to be like in a sweater, like two piece sweater piece 
<laughs> and come to my house full goggles on. Like, especially with the pox out right now, like, it's just, it's too much. And I, I'm, I, maybe I'm almost like thankful that I don't feel a, a sex drive or my libido is tamping down because. Uh, nowadays, it feels so scary with COVID, BA5, BA6, monkeypox, that new whatever disease is out there that's kind of like Ebola. Like, you guys, it's just so fucking much. But, you know, I I, I guess it's like a, a trade-off. Like, I want to be sexually engaged and interested with my long-term partner. Um, but I also kind of love that i'm not always horny or always you know like uh, needing to um come ejaculate peak whatever you know like and i don't have that anymore um and i've talked about this on the podcast before with with unji and i don't know is that is that weird is that wrong like what are you guys feeling how do you guys feel are you guys having regular sex are you feeling horny like uh, i don't know i i keep thinking there's something wrong with me um but anyway it I, I was a little excited because i was like oh maybe the molly will turn it up and i'll get horny and i'll be like all over my boyfriend but uh it didn't hit and you know it does really feel like a catch-22 sometimes um but anyway, that that was my Molly journey um, this weekend. Other than that, it was really really great. We you know we brought all the dogs. We had we ate Sonic one day uh, because no one had eaten Sonic before, um, which I guess it's fair because like where are Sonics? You know like uh, you, you bear. I don't think I even know one in LA uh, of one, but. Yeah, there was one near us out in the desert, and we all went. And I got to say, I'm not impressed. You know, there's all those, like, commercials about new things and blah, blah, blah. And, like, you know, I I knew a guy who was in this commercial for a very long time, the Sonic commercials, uh, T.G. Jagodowski. But I, it's gross. I I should have known. Duh. It's, you know, like, it it looks gross. But it was upsetting (laughs) because... Uh, first of all, it took forever to get the food. And, and secondly, I think the buildup again, like I was building up so much, like I haven't had this in a while or like I haven't had this ever. And I had all these expectations and, you know, I was, I was, I was let down again. But anyway, uh, it, it was a fun trip otherwise. Um, and, you know, even without the Molly fully kicking in and rolling, we, I think we're in such a good place with each other. All our friends, we, really like let our guards down we talked about our like stis and stds that we've gone through um we we you know talked about how much we loved each other and respected each other and you know it's stuff that we all know from each other but we just rarely ever do and yeah it just felt good to just push through that quote awkwardness or whatever and and just be a little vulnerable and Um, honest with each other and see each other so that felt really really good um and that that was yesterday so like i've just been back for one day so not much um to report but since you guys are listening to a very special solo episode um i will tell you this i have 
I've I, I'm starting on a new project, and uh, it's with the Fox Network, and we're kicking off this Thursday, and I'm so 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 excited to tell you guys more about it. Um, but right now, all I could tell you it is is a uh, semi-scripted show, which means it's not fully like scripted dialogue. It's more like um, docu series type of show. And um, it's going to be uh, a show where I play a character and um, and go around and, and hopefully uh, not trick people, but like interview real people um, in a way to deliver some nice soft satire, let's say. You know, it's kind of uh, think of it as like Sasha Baron Cohen light. You know, I, I'm I'm hopefully not going to get into these situations where I have to be like have a um, a a bodyguard or like security around me. I hope not. Um, but uh, I think it'll be a really interesting um, challenge. And this Thursday we're kicking off, and I have to write the, I guess like the script or like the first first episode or something like that. Uh, I, I don't even know how to deliver a first episode for a, a semi scripted thing because what do you even do because <laughs> you know like i could have the interview questions for sure but like we don't know how they're going to react and stuff like that so it's all a new adventure and i'm really excited that i'm working uh on something like this especially after soul hunters um i guess i haven't really talked about it on this podcast either so you're getting all the industry tea today for listening to this solo app um soul hunters was a pilot that i shot with um, Kim Young-chul from Korea. He is a, a very famous comedian. Um, and also Kathy Shim, who um, is a great actress and comedian out here in LA. And we shot something called Soul Hunters last year, uh, almost exactly a year ago, um, in Atlanta. And it was uh, about three Koreans who came from Korea and they were a host of Korea's number one um uh, ghost hunting show which um haha surprise there's no ghost hunting shows in korea because um we respect the dead that's just that's just how we do and um so we we acted like these people and um tricked people into talking to us and we did like ghost situations and stuff it was really fun it was really fun and there was a slight it, it was like half prank half like social satire but the social satire part was what I was really interested in because um, I, I, I that's, you know, I come from the Second City School of Comedy. I, you know, I'm I'm used to working in satire, um, you know, commentary and using comedy to to poke holes at, at the powers that be. So I, I enjoyed the satire part a lot. And after that project ended and eventually ended up not going and being passed on by warner media and and now it's at a position where um we could shop it elsewhere um but you know that 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 takes a lot of time and effort and coordination from a lot of people um so i don't know where where it's gonna go or if it's gonna go anywhere but i hope it does i thought it was a really cool project and yeah i really hope it finds another home but you you hear about these things a lot a lot of times you do a bunch of pilots that never go and this this just happens to be 
one of them. For now, for now, you never know. I, I always think like projects and creative work is never dead. You know, things things could happen. Um, things could it could turn out to be a version of the show that uh, is completely not what it was or whatever. You know, like and, and things do come around and nothing's ever wasted. So I'm very happy and I'm very thankful and grateful for the experience. Uh, but I'm not really sure where it is now. But the point of all of that was to say that I really ex- enjoyed that experience and the and the social satire part of it. So I pitched a show myself where I could play a character myself and do a little social ta- satire. Um, and, you know, I don't know, in like a fucking cheesy way, like, bring the country together. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't even know what that means anymore. But I think if we are able to laugh at ourselves and each other, I think that's a really nice start, at least, at, 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 a, at a chance to unify um, just by laughing. But anyway, wish me luck. Um, I'll have more to fill you guys in next week. We'll see how this kickoff goes. And um, I'll find out more about what I'm, <laughs> what's expected of me and <laughs> what I have to hand in. All right. Well, that's the update for this week. Um, now it's time for our final section and newest section of the show. It's called Asa. Now this is the section of the show where um, we shout out something like cool, something Asa moment where we're like, oh, this really made my week. Um, this is something really or someone really cool or somewhere really cool that um, we have to shout out so that others can take advantage of the greatness. So my Asa moment, uh, my Asa of the week is um, <laughs> a country called Elemon Tree. Elemon Tree is a, um, it's a paper company. I've been printing a lot lately because... You know, I'm writing a lot, so uh, I'm I'm trying to be a little more aware of my paper usage, ink usage. You know, especially with all this, like, you guys feel how fucking hot it is lately, like in, unbearable, and these flash floods everywhere. Like, shit's fucked up. So you know, we got to do what we can, <clears throat> Kylie Jenner, um, <laughs> and the rest of these fucking celebrities taking PJs, but. I don't know. I, I got to do what I can or else I feel like shit. And, you know, you don't want me to feel like shit. No one likes that. So I uh, decided to invest in a type of paper that's recycled. And I've used recycled printer paper before, but, you know, the res- I don't know how this shit gets recycled and reused, but it, it's not good. It's usually like brown with specks. And, and then sometimes when you write on it with like, pens it doesn't like feel the same and you're just annoyed right like and and you know you know how creatives are like you have to if you're if you're a creative and you you have a medium you use all the time and then it like slightly changes it fucking drives you crazy it turns it, it makes the whole thing nuts but um i found a paper a paper company that produces a um recycled paper and um, let me just pick it up and read what it says because there's a lot of cool stuff about this. Okay, so the company is called Lemon Tree. Okay, and what they're known for is zero trees cut. So they're made with sawmill waste chips. So get this, they're not even like recycling other paper that's been used. 
they're taking like the chips from the sawmills that like just goes to waste and they're just using that and pressing it into paper. And let me tell you, this paper is really smooth and really nice. Okay, another thing, renewable energy. They're made using wind energy and hydropower. Come on, folks. That's fucking cool as hell. And if you're ever out this way and you go out to Joshua Tree or Palm Springs or Desert Springs or whatever, Indio, Coachella Valley, you'll see these wind turbines. Like it's famous because like I guess right around that valley, it gets super windy and they pick up all the energy from there. Anyway, so made from waste chips, made with wind energy hydropower. It conserves water 47% less than standard copy paper. Okay, that's pretty great. It's a lower carbon footprint because it's 44% less CO2 than standard copy paper. Okay, and I'm not sure if that's like part of the pressing of it or making of it or like when you burn it or I don't know what it means, but anyway. And then 50% more paper from the same amount of wood. So you're really like, you're really like reducing the carbon footprint, reusing um, the, the, the waste paper chips and everything. And, and recycling. And it, it, the paper is beautiful, folks. I, I feel like you can get it on like online somewhere. Anyway, so look for it if you're interested in, if you are a, a, a heavy volume printer and you've been thinking like, I don't know, is there something I can do to help, you know, uh, with the environment? I know like it's so annoying and we're all like, wah, 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 using plastic straw, I mean, paper straws. Meanwhile, Taylor Swift is taking 12 minute flights or whatever the fuck on her private jet. But listen, this is not about them. This is about us. Okay. And we, we got to do what we can. So uh, if you're interested, check that out. And that's my stuff of the week. All right, folks, this was a, another quick one. Um, but I hope you enjoyed it. And by the way, I love hearing from you, all the Patreons. Um, thank you for your messages. We really love you guys. And if, if you haven't, if you haven't checked out the Patreon, there's a lot of like extra, um, uh, like artwork and photos and stuff that like other people don't get to see. We keep it real exclusive. So go check that out. All right. Thanks a lot. Talk to you next week. Bye.